Hey guys, it's Tats here from Castagra, and welcome to the Specified Growth Podcast. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and coatings industry. Today's guest is Eddie and Tyler Campbell of the Construction Brothers podcast. All right, Tyler, Eddie, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having us, man. Thanks for having us, Tats. It's good to be here. <laughs> yeah, we're just talking and we're saying we see each other in social a lot, but we you know, tend to forget social is in real life. And at least this is as close as we're going to get to face-to-face currently. So I'm really looking <laughs> forward to this interview. Yeah, man, I feel like we've just been kind of waving at each other from afar. Like, how's it going, buddy? Good to see you over there. How's it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, a little mind blown that there had been no real conversation know. here yet because, yeah. I usually talk my head off most well, weeks, I was so like, was oh, surprising. yeah, I'm going to talk to our old buddy. And the, no clue that we hadn't we met, hadn't actually <laughs> interacted this way. So good times. I love it. It's really good. I mean, there's so many places I can start, but let's just start with on your website, it says that you're sixth generation builders. Walk me through just like a really high level family history, some highlights. Eddie's the historian, so I sure. defer to him. Perfect. Well, I want to lead this off by saying somebody recently just basically threw this out and they were like, yeah, you've got the standard website, like builder story with all the generations behind you. And I guess we kind of do. Yeah, we do. But there are a lot of them back there. Six verifiable generations of builders, carpenters, grandfather was a structural engineer, dad was a general contractor, great-grandfather was like carpet foreman, um, so on we go. But yeah, six verifiable generations of building in the family, and somehow it's just kind of stuck. It's, it's kind of in the blood. So mm-hmm. Wonderful. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, both of yours, and I noticed that Eddie you joined the family business earlier than Tyler. How did that play out? I mean, I see Tyler's face like, like he was holding out or something. Tell me the story there. I am obviously, I guess, just more talented and more just, <laughs> I was curious where you're going to go with that one. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, well, we look the same age, but you know, we're not. I'm yeah. actually a little older, even though we look the same age. I'm digging the spurs in wow, good now. Uh, yeah. That uh, I am. Well, almost a month shy of 13 years older than Tyler. And so just really age and edict in some ways I fell into the family business. And so got a little more time than Tyler. And honestly, where we're at in life for our ages, you know, I'm 41. Tyler's coming up on uh, big 29. Mm. Whoa. Mm. And so he's already got a decade in the industry because he basically started when he's 18. Uh-huh. So apprenticed in really under me under yeah. that yeah no i started yeah it was actually when i was 19 started and worked with dad for a little while and then i ended up getting in the office with this guy and learned the trade and a decade later here we are and i just kind of learned a lot from those two sources along the way and what we do in our day job we see so many projects over the span of a year i think we're breaking close to 100 most years so we get to see a lot of different issues on a lot of different, different projects. And we use that as, as a lot of ammunition here for the podcast is, you know, what we see as issues in the industry. And, and we try to approach it with some humor and some 
lightheartedness instead of just being like, you know, it really grinds my gears, that sort of thing. So <laughs> we try to stay out of that. Wonderful. Now, I don't think I've asked or had anyone that had a family owned business or they just you guys so close. What is the keys to having a successful family run entrepreneurial venture? Clear direction of where we're going for one. Very clear direction and heavy communication, which we know everything about and we're really good at. Right, Eddie? Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I think (laughs) we do this well some days and other days we don't do this well. And that goes for dad, Tyler, and I. And I think the thing that kind of shines through is we all care a lot about each other. And if you have each other's best interest in mind, then I think things generally work out a whole lot better than if you're looking out for number one. And that probably goes whether you're in a family business or not. So we've been fortunate to be able to work together. We actually like each other. That helps too. And so we've made a go of it. We have plenty of pot shots we make at the family business, you know, <laughs> we talk about getting too close to the black hole and being sucked in. We, you know, I mean, <laughs> we've got all kinds of things we say about it, but at the end, I feel very fortunate, very blessed to be able to work around dad and bro and, and we have a good time. I that, mean, yeah, it's lighthearted. We cut up, we jab at each other. We just have a good time. It's all in good fun. But at the same time, I mean, exactly back to what Eddie said, though, just reiterating that point, it's you have to make sure that you're not looking out for number one. You have to try to make sure that you're you're looking out for everybody else in the business because quite frankly, like I'm looking out for my nieces and nephews by doing that. I'm looking out for my mom and dad by doing that too. So you have to be able to step back and just kind of put yourself aside and try to remain humble and try to be a servant in that. And it's hard. Like, I mean, we all have our tendencies of being selfish and Lord knows I'm probably chief offender in that regard, but it's still, it's just so important to stay humble and just continue to just be a servant and help him help everybody out. So, yeah. Wonderful. Now what it stands out you guys do is you incorporate fun into what you do. And I don't think a lot of businesses do that or to at least do that. Well, how do you guys balance the having to have to do stuff with the fun and how does it interact together? I, I heard stories about <laughs> Nerf guns, spending $600 <laughs> on Nerf guns on one of your episodes. Yes. That's uh, fact. That is fact. <laughs> Tyler's really good at spending money. Uh, yeah. And that was, that was an awesome add to the office. And we do have things around here that are just fun. Eddie's the tightwad. I'm the spender. Totally. So is dad. Totally. Dad is the other spender too. So Eddie's just kind of stuck I'm in the stuck, middle. Of- yeah. I'm stuck here in the middle going, why did we buy that? Why did we buy that? But then I enjoy it. So I complain yeah. until I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, no, we got Nerf guns. We have a ping pong table. Those are the two main things. And I don't know. It's just, we just try to keep it lighthearted. There's kind of a method to that madness too, is in our line of work as steel detailers, if we screw anything up, we're told that we suck. And like, it's, it's really harsh. There's no tact, no nothing. It's an everyday occurrence to get an all caps email with a, like, no clear expectation of what needs to be done, but like all caps email, I'm mad 
help me out. You screwed something up again. It's hot. It's in the field. So by introducing some of those things in here, it helps not just us, but employees just feel a little bit more at home and that, you know, everything's going to be all right. You know, it's just part of the job. So yeah, I, I will say though, the ping pong table was Eddie's idea. I did not have that idea. Mine was the Nerf gun. Yeah. We have a good time to lighten that mood and it goes outside of just like, oh, we got some toys around the office and things like that. Really kind of the attitude of the business and the way we interact with our teammates, like you keep that up across the board, right? So everybody knows that it's open season on us too. Like there's not really a notion that anything has to happen. Like it's kind of like, don't call me boss and I won't call you employee or don't treat me like a boss. I won't treat you like an employee. Like let's just act like peers and get a job done. And so the thing is like, do your job. That's how we get the work done. You know, do your job. You've got a thing to do. You know how to do it. You have the talents. How do I resource you as a leader to be able to do those things? And then how can I lighten the mood and, and kind of pick you up when you're down and, and make it fun? So try to, there is a method to that. It's not just about fun. We get a lot done around here. I mean, like we've got yeah. a squad of, of people around here that, that really know how to get some work cranked out. And I mean, sometimes I'm amazed by the things we've been able to be involved in as a result of that. But all the while, you know, you come around the office and you're like, gosh, these guys are just like goof offs. <laughs> <laughs> we've definitely had somebody come by and say, when do they ever get anything done? Yeah. <laughs> when do they ever work? You're like, man, well, we're head down though. Yeah, we're head down and, you know, we're staying late trying to get the thing done, but we just try to have fun where we're at. Example of just nobody's off limits is our dad quote unquote, the, the CEO of the company that guy, you know, he comes into the office and we all planned to just annihilate him with the Nerf guns. So he walked in and it was a free for all, man. Like we, we seriously, we had him cowering and weeping. Well, we, we sabotaged him. Nah, he didn't do that. Yeah. We're going to hear about that later. He's like, oh, I didn't do that. We did sabotage <laughs> him though. We actually had Lindsay, which is kind of like one of our nicest, most innocent faces in the office walk very politely behind him and lock the door <laughs> so that he couldn't, <laughs> he couldn't escape. <laughs> and then we just got the drop on him and wore him out. That was where the big Nerf gun purchase happened. Though, that, Cause yeah. he, he went and got the biggest and baddest one and then came back in and wore us yeah, out. Yeah. Look up the Nerf Prometheus. That Joker is insane. Yeah. He, man, it was 10 balls a second and it hurts. Retribution. It, it, hurts. it, it came back tenfold. Woo. Yeah, so I'm not the only big spender around here. He's nah, been <laughs> he's been a lot on revenge. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's fun times. It's a skill to take fun and make it productive. And I think, like you said, it's an art, right? Because you can go one way or the other. But I think you guys have sort of honed that in what you're doing with the podcast. I mean, what was the idea there? I mean, hey, Dad, we're going to start this podcast and we're going to talk <laughs> and interview a bunch of people and throw in some comedy. Hey, what do you think? Like, how did that, how did that evolve? Was it just natural? Like, what was the idea behind it? The first step was never having had that conversation. <laughs> just like no conversation. All uh, of the sudden they, they have a podcast. Like what you have a, you have a podcast. What, what happened? Did we spend money on that? What's this on your, your MX statement this month? That kind of thing. So speed to execute was, before the credit card statement. Yeah, I, I just walked in one day to Eddie's office and I was like, hey, dude, we're starting a podcast. And he went, huh? 
And yeah, you months later after kind of working on it a little bit, kind of figuring out the odds and ends of it. And we started uh, throwing those things out on the internet. Yeah, there really wasn't any sort of period where I, I approached somebody and said, mother, may I? It was it was more like, I'm just going to do it. And hey, I'll, I'll deal with the consequences. Beg forgiveness, really. And that came in the form of dad seeing my Amex statement. But, you know. <laughs> well, and we were looking for a way of getting ourselves outside of our, our little context, which is a 30,000 person town in the middle of Georgia. That's not quite Macon, not quite Atlanta. And so we're wanting to speak to the construction industry at large. And the question kept coming back for years. How do we do that? How do we do that? We'll put a blog on our website. We'll have a, we'll have a, what really grinds my gears section that we can throw <laughs> something on. We'll have a, the dumb detail of the week from the CDs that we have or whatever. And it was, it was always like, nah, nah, you know, that didn't it. And then the podcast made a lot of sense. And so, yeah, when Ty picked up the equipment and like, he's, he's really kind of an audiophile anyway. He's got that musician's background that allowed him to really bring that to bear. And then we just kind of pair up and we cut up anyway. So, I mean, it's not, it was a far cry from how we act every day, all day long when we're just cutting up. It's really not a far cry from it. Like, you know, there's several times where people will come hang out with us here at the office that, that have listened to the show. And I just kind of look at them and say, this is real. Like the show is, is real. We really do cut up that much. We really do bash on each other that much. That's just part of the fun for us. I don't know. It's just been, it's been a heck of a lot of fun to do. Now, the kind of thing that I noticed while we were working on this is we wanted to say like, yeah, we want to have a voice in the industry. We want to have a voice in the industry. We have something to say. But a lot of time was spent realizing, wow, there are a lot of other people out there that are really, really smart. <laughs> and, and so we started going and asking them questions and it took shape there. You know, it became less about us and more about who we could find, who we could talk to, who we could learn from. And so there was almost a selfishness, I think, there for a while where we were thinking like, hey, we've got to, we need to speak into the industry. We need to have a voice in the industry. Probably the best way that you can do that is to shut up and just be the party host. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago where I heard that thing from Gary V where he was talking about just hosting the party. Set up something and invite some cool people there and make it friendly, make it inviting. And it's amazing what will happen if you just open up and start asking really simple, kind of stupid questions. That's really kind of what we talk about all the time is we don't ask very deep questions. What do you mean? How do you like we just we ask simple questions and that makes it approachable for a broad audience, too. It's been a lot of fun. And so in order to to reach the audience we needed to reach or wanted to reach, we just needed to step aside and let, let other people speak. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, what's been the byproduct of this activity for you guys? Learning 100%. We are getting an education every time we step in the booth. And I mean, we speak with people that have this professional knowledge outside of the realms of where we're at. We're like, we are all, all of us in the industry, we're isolated in some way. We see our world and it's hard to get outside of that and see other people's worlds. This has enabled us to see other people's worlds and to learn from them. So 100% learning. 
Yeah. It's funny, even learning from our grandfather, which you would say like, oh, well, you can do that normally, but it's funny. Like we set it up as an interview and we were able to like really mine a little bit more and, and learn more from him. And that was just such a lesson in how things used to be in the industry and some of the pros and cons there, mostly pros, but it was, it was pretty eye-opening to see that. So yeah, learning has been a big part of it and just getting me to getting to meet cool people like you tats and a bunch of others as well around that. It's just been, it's been an honor to be able to do that and have some way of <laughs> sharing it out for other people to hear. Yeah. So I've done an, enough podcasts and I, I love it when I come, <laughs> come into an interview thinking one thing and then just coming out with a completely separate concept, right? <laughs> Between the two of you, I mean, you've done a, a bunch of interviews. Which interview, one for Tyler, maybe a few Eddie, where you came in thinking one thing and by the end of that 20 or, or 30 minutes, you're just like, wow, I need some time to process what I just learned. Ooh. Start with you, Tyler. Oh, gosh, man. I'm going to be that kind of generic guy and say, oh, there are so many. But <laughs> I honestly, I think Renee Morcos, I think was one of those that I could say was we walked out after talking to him about Alice and how they're basically using AI in the industry and basically adapting out schedules. And it seriously, I saw kind of the future of what it could be now. Is it everything that is cracked up to be? I don't know. I haven't used it completely, but just the theory of it and the idea of, man, what could AI do for the industry? It would like, we both rolled out of the booth on that one. And I felt like we just stared at a wall for probably two hours, just contemplating what we had just heard. It really, that, that, that was one of those that really stood out to me. And then from a starstruck perspective, Roy Underhill. No doubt that was one because just kind of growing up and seeing him on PBS, that was that was a cool one for me. Awesome, Eddie. Did I, did I steal yours? No, <laughs> I'm gonna say when we interviewed Pete Dumont on OS 2.0, the thought that the construction industry needs an overhaul was not new, but that the construction industry needs a new operating system was something that. He opened up facets of the industry that I had not thought about and opened up a mindset of how a new operating system for the construction industry might be put together that I had not thought about. And so, I mean, and that spanned from contract language to the use of blockchain to insurance. And I mean, many things that are very important to some but that I didn't think about as much. And so where I might've thought we need to be focused on the constructability things and, and we do, he was more focused on how we work and play together. And then the impediments to that and how we're contracted and set up, maybe we just need a new operating system. That was a big one. Honorable mention was Ajabade Abinu from University of Melbourne. His value-based purchasing and the, and the whole thought of RFI and what it's costing the industry. That was another one that, that was a little bit of a mind blower. So, and I'm sure many, many could roll out beyond that, <laughs> but those are two that stick out immediately. Yeah. Wonderful. 
now you guys incorporate fun into your workplace, but I mean, do you guys have hobbies outside of work? You know, I mean, sometimes when you're running a business or in a business, it's a little, there's a lot happening, but what do you guys do outside of work? We're both runners. Oh, okay. And so I'll say novice runners, like not, yeah. not runners that ran for any kind of like competitive thing in college or anything like that. So we actually challenged each other a little bit there mm. and had some fun when did a half marathon down in Savannah together. So that's a fun shared hobby we have. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. And then kind of, I guess, personal hobbies and stuff too. I mean, reading's one of mine that I just, I love sitting down with a book when I get a chance. I have two young kids though, so that can get a little bit hard at times. <laughs> and then, yeah, like Eddie said, running and then music is another one that's just kind of on the side. And photography and videography are two of my others as well. So I get into that pretty, pretty hardcore. Yeah. Nice. Wonderful. I mean, is there, guys, is there anything that I didn't ask that you wanted to get out there or talk about? Ooh. Now you go speechless on me. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's that's a big that's land a, to run around. It in. is a big land to run around in. We've interviewed so many people during the time of the show, you know, like you have as well. And I'm sure you've kind of realized, wow, there are a lot of software companies out there looking to get on the show. It's it's kind of nuts. And there are just so many out there saying that they're going to solve all your issues. Everything that's wrong out on your site, everything that's wrong in your office, everything that's wrong with your family and all this other stuff. Like it's just not true. And the only way that we can really see change in the industry is by focusing back on the people. What we have right now is not a technology issue. We have a people problem. And as long as we have people in the industry, we're going to have problems like that because there's the human side of things. So we kind of talked about that whenever we first started the show is like the human element of construction before we moved over to ideas and encouragement. And that's more what we were talking about is like tech doesn't solve the human element and it can help in some ways, but don't lose sight of that. There's still something to be said for picking up the phone and talking to somebody one-on-one -on -one to work through an issue. And through the decade whether that's a lot or a little to some people, depending on your perspective in the industry. Over my decade in the industry, I realized that is something that people push off on and say that tech is just going to solve their problems. And it never does. So I just, that's one thing that I like to soapbox on whenever I get a chance is just saying like, don't let technology be your scapegoat because people are still the issue at the heart of, of everything. Mm, comes down to mindset and people. It does. Eddie, last words. <laughs> yeah, on the people thing, I really do think that we should work on having more of a, a welcoming spirit about us in the construction industry and more of a mindset for looking out for each other, one anothering, doing for somebody else what you would want them to do for you. And we will experience quite a shift in the industry when we do that. Listen to Simon Sinek brought this up in, in Monday meeting this week with our team, but talking about the infinite game and how business isn't a finite game. Nobody can say, I won business. <laughs> and even with neighboring podcasts, like we've had to kind of say, we're not going to be competitive, right? We're not going to put ourselves in a place where we're so emotionally shallow that, that we can't 
take it if somebody else is being successful? Why don't we turn into cheerleaders for the people around us and say, we're going to look at success and applaud it. And we're going to look at the people around us and say, good for you. And we're going to try to do for the, the other people what we would want somebody to do for us. And that's not try to step on your neighbor to make you feel bigger. And so the way we treat each other is a big deal. And if we have a mindset that's less, I'm going to win and more, we're going to get into this to try to help, to try to improve, to try to push. It's, it's just a different place as a mindset to start from. And we're going to do better at working together and all the overbaked words like collaboration and teamwork <laughs> and all these things that we just consistently hear. Those things will begin to happen. Those concepts will happen and we'll quit having to just beat the words to death. We'll actually be doing them. Mm-hmm. So my hope is that we can start working together as an industry, pull together as an industry and start making a difference in how we do what we do because we do need an overhaul. There's, there's no doubt. That kind of be where I'd close out. Yeah. Wonderful. You said something smart. I said something smart? <laughs> you said something smart. Wow. SMRT. That's me. <laughs> well, you guys both said a bunch of smart things. But definitely, I agree. There's enough opportunity for everyone. It's a journey. We're all trying to explore different things. So I'm eager and interested in following your journey as you go along. And it won't, well, hopefully, next time won't be too long till we say hi in person or at least another virtual one of these. Cause I love what you guys are doing, bringing fun and, and education to the industry. So thank you. Thanks, Tats. We really appreciate the the opportunity to be here and hang out with you today, man. Yeah, thanks so much. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening to the Specified Growth Podcast today. I also want to thank the listeners who are working hard each day to change the world to make it a better place. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash Tats talks for video of today's podcast hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes entrepreneurial tips and more see you over there This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.